Thank you for listening to Temporary Circumstances. I'm your host, Alina Sowers, a licensed professional counselor in Ohio. And I'm your co-host, Cora Mayfield, also a licensed professional counselor in Ohio. In this podcast, we will discuss many uncommon topics on all matters mental health. The views and opinions expressed here do not reflect the agencies that we work for. Today's going to be an episode from our Expressive Arts Therapy series. And today we're going to be talking about movement as an expressive art. And this episode, like the rest of the Expressive Arts series, is brought to you by Therapist to Therapist. Therapist to Therapist is a platform where therapists can post worksheets or interventions for sale to other therapists, and therapists can find individual worksheets or interventions specific to one client without having to buy an entire workbook. So today, we have a guest with us. Stacy Mills. Stacy is going to talk to us a little bit about yoga as a movement in expressive arts. Stacy, you want to introduce yourself? Uh, yes, I am Stacy Mills. I have been a licensed attorney for about 14 years. Um, as you can imagine, it's quite a stressful job that I have. And about Three and a half or four years ago, I decided to pursue yoga. And then in spring 2019, I went through my 200 hour yoga teacher training. So I am now a yoga teacher as well as an attorney. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So, do you want to tell us a little bit about how you got into doing yoga to help deal with stress and anxiety? Well, as I said, uh, law is can be very stressful. We do a lot of work on computers. There's a lot of typing. There's a lot of sitting at our desks. And I was finding that I wasn't getting enough movement in my life. I was very tired all the time, even if I got enough sleep. I don't know that I, it wasn't until after I'd done yoga for a while that I realized that actually putting movement into my life was preventing me or helping me not be so tired. But yoga isn't just about moving, moving uh, your body. It's not just about the, the physical movement. Yoga also has some teachings that can help for a less stressing life. And I want to talk about those, but I thought we could actually start with a breathing exercise because one of the most important things you can do when you're doing yoga is you need to remember to always breathe. So it doesn't matter what the pose is, you need to make sure that you are breathing throughout the entire class. So I want to start with an exercise. It is called the 478 breathing method. Uh, basically, what you do is you um, make sure you get all of the air out of your body. Um, and then you're going to inhale to a count of four. And I'm going to explain it first and then we'll do it. But you inhale to a count of four. You hold your breath to a count of seven, unless you are pregnant. If you are pregnant, you do not want to do these breathing exercises where you hold your breath because your baby needs to get the air, needs to get oxygen. And then after you've held your breath for seven seconds or seven to a count of seven, then you exhale to the count of eight. 
And you can do that a few times and that can kind of center your body, maybe center your mind as well. So would you guys like to try that? Sure. Okay. So breathe in and breathe out, just a normal breath. And when you're ready, inhale through your nose to a count of four. Inhale, one, two, three, four. Hold it in. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Now exhale through your mouth to a count of eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And you can do that um, a few times. You can also vary this exercise by, hope, by inhaling for longer if you, if, you, if you feel like you need to you know, inhale to a count of six or seven, and then you just hold it for a few more counts. And then when you exhale, then you would increase uh, the count by one. So I don't know if our listeners did this breathing exercise just now, but I know for me personally doing it just now, listening to you, Stacy, was very calming. So I actually feel a little bit calmer after doing that. Well, that's wonderful. I have been very nervous to be on this podcast. So I have been doing a lot of breathing exercises myself this afternoon. So I'm glad that that one helped you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's something you don't have, you can do really anywhere. You can do it at your desk at work. You can do it, maybe not do it in the shower because you don't want to, you know, accidentally fall down, but you can do it really anywhere because it can be done very quickly you know, you can do it once, you can do it, you know, four times, you can do it longer if you need it. Once you're aware of how you breathe, it can help you really at any point. I've noticed that when I get stressed, I actually, I hold my breath. And so because I, you know, went through YTT, I'm aware of how important the breath work is to get into the postures. And so I can kind of check myself when I'm really stressed and I make sure that I stop holding my breath and, you know, do a breathing exercise. You know, one of the things that I think with expressive arts in general is sometimes people are, are afraid of being judged when they're doing the coping skills they learn through expressive arts, whether that is through dance or through music or, or movement of any kind. And with this breathing technique, it's something that someone can use a coping skill literally in public and no one will know that it's happening and it can be beneficial to them. So I, I really appreciate you bringing that on. I think that it can be helpful to a lot of people. Thank you. I agree. (laughs) Why don't we take a second here to talk a little bit about some of the stats and research behind movement-based creative expression. So according to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, yoga does have a number of benefits, and there's been several research studies done. According to one study from 2012, this was a national survey done. This survey said that 86% of the individuals who practice yoga said that it helped them reduce stress. 67% said that it helped them feel better emotionally. 63% said it motivated them to exercise more regularly. And 59% said it improved their sleep. 82% said that yoga improved their overall health and made them feel better in general. And there are other benefits as well. Some smaller numbers of people reported benefits such as just being motivated to eat healthier, 
better or easier time coping with health problems, things like that, as well as quitting smoking. Um, yoga is known to help for that. So really a, really a variety of things that yoga can be helpful with. So as we can see from those statistics, yoga and, and all movement-based creative expression really is something that can be helpful as a therapeutic tool, or it can be a physical healing tool, or it can even be much more than that. So do you want to talk about that a little bit more, Stacey? Well, I do. Yes. I Thank you. I want to make sure, I, I want it to be clear that yoga is not just for skinny white women. Yoga has so many benefits that aren't just physical. I mean, I do have to say that one of the things I liked about yoga is I started developing muscles I didn't know I had. It helped me emotionally. It helped me with my sleep. It made me, it, it, there's a very, there's a social element as well. The studio that I go to in Columbus, it's called Seven Studios. It has a very strong community sense to the studio. I, I now consider people that I would take yoga classes with as friends because we would go and, and we would do the poses together and we'd do the breathing together. And then, you know, we might stay after for a few minutes and talk and we got to know each other. And so yoga, now that's not for everybody. Not everybody wants that social aspect, but that made my, you know, that's something that I really enjoyed. Yoga is not just for people of, um, a certain sexual orientation. It's not just for somebody who has the physical, you know, abilities. You can start with yoga if you are not flexible. It's, there's no competition. It's about getting out and doing what your body is capable of doing on that specific day. I, my balance can be different from one day to the next. I might be able to do a specific pose. You know, maybe today I can do tree pose, which is where you put one of your feet against your thigh of your opposite leg. And then you hold your hands into that air. That is a balance pose and it can be difficult. And maybe I can do that today, but because I'm a little bit tired or I didn't get enough, uh, I don't know, I didn't eat well enough or I'm just not feeling it, maybe tomorrow I can't get my, my leg up as high or maybe I can't do that, balance, that pose at all, at all. And that's okay. Our bodies can change every day and there's, you're not competing with anybody. But also you don't have to, yoga is something that people can do who maybe have not done a lot of movement in the past. Um, a, a woman who now actually teaches at Seven Studio um, had an unfortunate accident and is now in a wheelchair. And she has a yoga class every weekend. It's called Adaptive Yoga, but it's for, she's in a wheelchair and she she does adaptive yoga. And so anybody can do it. You, you can sit in a chair and do yoga in a chair and you're still getting the benefits of that movement, even if it's not perhaps what you see in media or on TV or in movies. And yoga also is not just the physical element. There are actually eight limbs of yoga, which is the traditional yoga path that was the uh, moral guide to live by. There are four that I want to highlight. Those are the yama which is universal morality, asana, which is body postures, pranayama, breathing exercises, prayahara, which is control of the senses or mediate meditation, not mediation. Mediation is a law thing. Meditation. Yama has multiple factors. What is really applicable to this podcast is ahimsa 
or nonviolence. What ahimsa teaches us is to be kind to others, animals, and the world. So it's compassion for all living things. And all living things includes yourself. So a lot of people, I know one of my mental health challenges that I've worked on is I'm very judgmental towards myself. And yoga teaches us that we need to extend that compassion to ourselves. So we need to treat ourselves the way that we treat the people around us. We need to give ourselves kind of room to grow without judging ourselves, which I think is actually something that has helped me as well. And I think can help people perhaps the same way it's helped me. Asana is the body postures, which is really what most people think about when they think about yoga. Pranayama is the breathing exercises. So you can be doing, if all you are doing are breathing exercises, you're still doing yoga, even if it doesn't look like you are. And Pratyahara is basically just meditation. I'm not personally great at meditation. That's something I need to work on. But, you know, that can really, I know that meditation can really help people. So that is, you know, when you're doing meditation, you are also doing yoga. Why don't we take just a second here and talk about some of the parallels of what Stacy's talking about and what you might experience in a clinical setting in therapy. So we talk about meditation and we're talking a little bit there. You might hear um, some mindfulness techniques, not so much the grounding. Meditation is a little less of that, but a lot of the mindfulness techniques about really understanding your center and what's going on with your own body and where you are personally. Breathing techniques is something that you can find in a counseling or a therapy session as well. Um, that's something we might implement at the beginning of every session or at the end or throughout a variety of different techniques as well. And then Stacy also mentioned self-compassion. That's actually a specific technique used in therapy, but also the idea of giving yourself room to grow and change. So moving away from a lot of the self-blame and moving away from the shoulds, what should have been or what should be or who should have done and into the reality of today. And then I just wanted to mention briefly the idea of some some of the poses and the ability to adapt those poses. I think that that was a really important point that I, I'd like to add a little bit more on. Some therapists use expressive arts, use dance, use yoga in the sessions themselves and typically have some sort of modification depending on your physical ability. So if you're given a yoga pose in therapy and it feels like it's too much or there's something uncomfortable about it, make sure you bring that up with your therapist so that they're able to help you find a modification. We don't want to just give up on these techniques because it feels uncomfortable, but if it is uncomfortable, we should try to modify it and see why that uncomfortable uncomfortability is there. And that's something that yoga also uh, teaches us. If it hurts, don't do it. So I know that when some people do movement, you know, if they're working out, they think if I'm in pain, then I'm making progress. Yoga is not about that. Yoga is maybe you want to feel a little bit of discomfort, but if you're in pain, stop what you're doing because it doesn't help you. It's not something, it's really getting into poses is a process and it's a process that can take a long time. There are poses, I've been doing yoga uh, very consistently for almost four years at this point and there are poses I still can't do and that's okay. 
And, you know, every time I try, I maybe get a little bit better, but it's, it's about, it's about recognizing that sometimes my body can't do quite what I want it to and being okay with it. You know, I can be beside somebody in yoga class and they are doing a specific pose and I recognize I can't do it and that's okay because everybody is different and we all need to accept that, you know, we all have our own successes and then we maybe have things that aren't what we would want them to be, but realizing that's just who we are. So I'd like to recommend a book that can be helpful for both therapists looking for some interventions, some dancing interventions for expressive arts therapy, and also for people who are just looking for movement that can help heal and help with mental health. The book is called Dancing Mindfulness. It's by Jamie Merrick. Jamie Merrick is a trauma therapist. Her book, Dancing Mindfulness, is really helpful from a trauma perspective as well. So it gives a lot of information of how to get some of the negative energies that we've talked about before, movement, get that out of your system. So again, that's Dancing Mindfulness by Jamie Merrick. So I know that you said that pretty much anyone can do yoga, really, but how do you work it into your regular routine? Well, me personally, I prefer to actually do yoga in a studio. Um, which has been a little bit difficult during the pandemic. But luckily, a lot of studios have adapted really well to, you know, our, our social distancing requirements. And a lot of studios actually have classes that you can stream. I think they stream over Zoom. Uh, sometimes they do it over Facebook. There are classes. My studio, Seven Studios, has... Uh, Zoom classes that you sign up for. And so, you know, at like the class starts at 5.45, you have to make sure you're on the Zoom and, you know, listen to the instructor. Uh, Seven Studios also has on-demand classes now through their app that you can get on the app store. I would not necessarily recommend YouTube. I know that there are a lot of classes that you can get to on YouTube. The reason being, there are so many out there Yoga, it's very important that when you do yoga, that you are getting an instructor who is able to explain to you what the move is, how your body should be kind of configured, and how it feels within your body so that you make sure you're doing it the, the right way. You also want an instructor that gives you modifications. And you don't necessarily get that with everybody, every YouTube video. And so the problem with doing it on you and watching yoga on YouTube is there's no way of knowing that you're getting a really good instructor. And uh, the way I was taught is you make sure that you let your students know how they should be feeling, how their body should be feeling, whether they should be feeling the stretch in their thighs or they should be feeling the stretch in their back. Or, you know, if they're, I have a difficulty personally getting into, there's a particular pose that I can't do. I can't do uh, warrior one because of how my, how your feet are supposed to be configured. And so you want to, because I can't do warrior one, if I continue to try to do that pose, I can actually hurt myself. Like I can actually cause damage to my body. So you want an instructor that will tell you, okay, if it doesn't feel this way, move your foot a little bit, or, or instead of doing warrior one, maybe go into crescent lunge instead, for instance, finding a studio. And there are, there are many that you can find that have classes online now. I actually found my studio from Groupon. 
uh, the very first time I went there is because I had a group on and I just, you know, fell in love with them. I've gone to other studios that maybe don't work for me personally. If you're not necessarily interested in the poses, if what you're interested in is the breathing exercises that you can find on YouTube, because there's less of a, of a chance of you hurting your body. If you know, you're not maybe going into some of those poses. Uh, there is a type, it's called a sound bath. I've gone to a couple sound baths where it's just basically you lay on your mat and you're in a room with either other people or by yourself. And the instructor is actually playing bowls that have where different tones come out, depending on what bowl they play, there are different tones and it's actually can be very meditative. Um, so if you, you know, that's something that that's a really very interesting, very cool experience if people are interested in something like that. I've had some really good experiences doing that. So I think if you're someone who is completely new to yoga and you're not really sure what you're doing, I think it is okay to look online and check out some videos just to see what it looks like, just to have an idea of what that process may be like um, if you're not sure that you want to kind of dive straight into it and join a club. But of course, we should be mindful of things like what kind of instructor you're getting and, and so on and so forth. Yes, there are good instructors on YouTube. I mean, there are some, there are, there right. are good videos on YouTube. It's just a hard, it's, it's hard to know. Just because they're the most popular doesn't mean that they're the best. So do, yeah, be careful. And if you can't do something, don't do it. Don't hurt your body. Mm-hmm. That's really very important in yoga. Do no harm. And is yoga, is, and is it something that's difficult to do with no prior experience? No, it is not difficult to do with no prior experience. There are actual, there are classes out there for people who have no experience. There are classes out there for people who don't perhaps have the same physical abilities that I do. There are classes out there specifically for athletes. Uh, there, you can you can find a class that is geared towards your fitness level. It's geared to your interest level. And if you know, most instructors I know are willing to help their students. I mean, there are if you have questions, maybe not in the middle of a class, but if you have questions, you know, instructors usually are very willing to share what they know to make it an experience that's, that's great for everybody. And if you could please share a little bit more about you and what you do, Stacy, for our listeners. Because of the pandemic, I am not currently teaching yoga, but I do want to let your listeners know about the app for my studio. There are some really excellent instructors on there. The app is called Seven Studios. So the number seven studios yoga and fitness uh, and you will find some really wonderful wonderful instructors i also i i talked a lot about how you shouldn't go on youtube to find yoga but molly schneider who is who is an instructor at seven who had an unfortunate accident and now is in a wheelchair she actually started a youtube channel very recently and her youtube channel is called adaptive yoga with molly and she really, she opens up yoga to all bodies, all physical abilities, and she's a very just inspirational person. So I think that if 
your listeners want to get a see kind of what I'm talking about with how yoga can be uh, beneficial. Those are good, two good places to look. And maybe someday once this pandemic is over, I will uh, start teaching again. But I actually uh, would like to lead you to and uh, one more breathing exercise. This is a breathing exercise that I do in almost every class that I teach because I love it so much. Now, this is something where you do have to be laying down I think you could probably, as you get, you could probably do it sitting up or standing up, but when you lay down, you can really feel the difference in your body. So what you're going to do is you're going to take uh, one hand and you're going to put it over on your belly. So I have my left hand just right over where my belly button is. And you take your other hand, which for me is my right hand, and I put it over my sternum. And you're going to take a deep Inhale, and then when you exhale, inhale and exhale, you're going to be doing it through your nose. That actually creates warmth in your body, so it warms you up from within. But as you inhale, you're going to feel your stomach expand, and your hand is going to kind of lift up as your stomach kind of balloons out. And then exhale through your nose, and you're going to feel your stomach contract, and your hands kind of move downwards. On your next inhale, inhale through your stomach and then feel your ribs expand as the air goes into your ribs. As you exhale, exhale the air from your ribs first so your ribs will kind of fall and then you exhale out of your stomach. On your next inhale, inhale through your stomach, expand your ribs and then finally expand your chest. On your exhale, exhale out of your chest first, and then your ribs, and finally your stomach. And the reason you have your hands on your body is so you can feel the sensation of the air entering your body. As you inhale, you actually want your body to expand. As you exhale, you want your body to contract. Okay, so... Just to wrap up a little bit, um, one of the things Stacy mentioned, and I think that it bears repeating, is when you are looking for a yoga instructor, just like you're looking for a therapist, you have to find somebody who has appropriate training and somebody who has who is an appropriate fit for your goals and your personality. The same would be true of finding a studio that fits your personality and fits your goals. I want to thank Stacy for coming on with us. Thank you so much for having me. This was, this was wonderful. All right. Thanks for joining us, Stacey. And we will continue talking about more expressive arts in future episodes. Thanks for listening to Temporary Circumstances. Find us on Instagram and leave us a review wherever you found us. Mm-hmm.